Dear listener, it's a great day that you choose to join me. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Please keep tuned to this station until the end. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mahi. This is your favorite new life program with interesting segments just for you. Pattern will be having the family segment by Pastor Kigundu Ndriga. Today, he'll be talking about is monogamy natural? Thereafter, he'll be having the Bible segment by Pastor Prosin Nanga. Today's topic is about coming soon. Before that, here's a song Grace by Modern Choir. Jerusalem 
you've been blessed with that lovely song from Modern Choir. Thank you for staying tuned. Let us now prepare to listen to Pastor Kigundu with the topic Is Monogamy Natural? Dear listener, we want to welcome you to our program, The Abundant Life, which is based on John 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And uh, I believe when we talk about the abundant life, it trickles, it involves our marriages. And today I want us to look at a very interesting uh, topic, and I want us to answer the question, is monogamy natural? People often get caught up in a debate over whether people are naturally monogamous or naturally have affairs. That's a useless debate as was clearly expressed by Jessie Bernard in her classic work, The Future of Marriage, and this is what she said. Millions of words have been used to document both the naturalness and the unnaturalness of monogamy. The question is actually unanswerable. We will never know if there is anything intrinsic in human nature that limits the ways the sexes can relate to one another because no one has ever survived outside of any culture long enough to teach us. Human nature seems to be able to take almost any form of marriage or unable to take any form. Below is an excerpt from a very interesting book called The Monogamy Myth which expounds this point. This is what the writer says. We can only understand monogamy and affairs in a societal context in terms of the attitudes of society as a whole. Normally, when we try to understand why affairs happen, we look only at the reasons why a person might want to have an affair, such as the excitement of the sexual variety. But this doesn't explain why affairs happen. People may want to have affairs for a wide range of reasons, but their decisions to act on those desires is affected by the values and the actions of those around them. Affairs happen in so many marriages that it's unreasonable to think they are due solely to factors within each marriage. Whatever the personal factors involved in affairs, they are more than outweighed by the significant, powerful, and pervasive societal factors. We have a responsibility to learn more about our role individually and as a whole in supporting the societal factors that contribute to affairs. 
So the bottom line, dear listener, is this. Debating about the naturalness or the unnaturalness of monogamy is a way of avoiding dealing directly with this issue. Regardless of whether or not it's natural, it's happening. So starting from there, there is much to learn. Now, we want to ask, how can affairs be prevented? Because uh, if we are honest, they really destroy the family. You see, prevention is only possible through a commitment to honesty, not a promise to be monogamous. Now, this is the way I would define honesty that is not holding relevant information. So, in preventing uh, affairs, won't w- what won't work? Couples can't avoid affairs by assuming monogamy or even by promising monogamy without discussing the issue. And they can't avoid affairs by making threats as to what they would do if it happened. Either of these parts creates a cycle of dishonesty. In either case, people don't feel free to admit being attracted to someone else. If they don't admit these attractions, then they won't admit being tempted. If they don't admit being tempted, then they certainly won't admit it if and when they finally act on the attraction. The effect on the relationship is to cause it to be filled with jealousy and suspicion, as well as making it less likely that it will be monogamous. So, what will work? You see, on the other hand, by specifically making a commitment to honesty, both partners realize that attraction to others are likely, Indeed, they are inevitable no matter how much they love each other. So they engage in an ongoing honest communication about the reality of the temptation and how to avoid the consequences of acting on those temptations. The effect on the relationship is to create a sense of closeness and a knowledge of each other that replaces suspicion with trust, making it more likely that it will be monogamous. Why does honesty work? You see, the process of discussing attractions actually decreases the likelihood of acting on them because it focuses on the potential problems of acting on them, whereas when a person is tempted to have an affair, their private thoughts usually dwell only on the potential pleasures. There is an added fascination and excitement about feelings that are kept secret as compared to those that are acknowledged and discussed. Adding the cold light of day on secret desires goes a long way towards diminishing their power. So we want to ask, who can use this process? You see, this process of acknowledging attractions and discussing how they are to be handled is one that both married and unmarried couples need to address prior to any problems with affairs. Constantly wondering and worrying about this issue creates a strain between partners that may prevent their developing a sense of trust in each other. They need to talk through their feelings about monogamy and attractions to other people on an ongoing basis as their relationship develops. So the bottom line, dear listener, there are no guarantees. The issue of monogamy is never settled once and for all. It requires ongoing honest discussion of the issue. This makes it possible for a couple to feel they really know each other, making it more likely they can trust that they won't deceive each other, thus preventing affairs. As we conclude, dear listener, 
May those of us who are married be committed to be honest and faithful to our spouses to the glory of Christ who redeemed and bought us with his precious blood. the Enjoy That Family Life segment. This is the New Life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Do not forget to send us your views, comments, or questions about the show by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, Code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now hear from Modern Choir with the song, Kando Yamto. Tazamia kufika katika mji mpya 
Thank you once again for staying tuned to our station. It is time for the Bible segment. Pastor Nanga, welcome and bless us with the word. In our previous series, we learned about songs in the night. As Christians, our attitude should be governed by this, that the only completely innocent man that the world has ever known, the spotless son of God, suffered more than any other man, and he endured all on our behalf. Let us then seek to learn all the lessons we can through trouble and suffering, and ask God to refine our characters when we pass through the fires of suffering. Today's lesson is coming soon coming soon. What's coming soon? Everyone on the world is asking what is coming. The second coming of Jesus with all the holy angels will be a glorious event witnessed by every person on earth. At that time, believers will be translated to heaven. The proclamation of the second coming of Christ belongs to the heart of the message and missions of the believer. We are here to prepare to meet our Creator and our Redeemer. We must keep this hope and its certainty alive. The certainty of the second coming of Christ is grounded on the word of Jesus when he said, I will come again. On several other occasions, Jesus announced his return to his disciples. The disciples as well preached his coming. Without this hope, Christianity would have extinguished. One of the Christian doctrines that was not rejected by the Christian community ever since the world 
is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Many Christians died in the Roman arena knowing that the death was not the end because the Lord was to come and restore life to them. They had an immovable hope. As time passed, the element of urgency and the expectation was weakened, but the concept and the promise of the hope was retained. The concept of promise and hope was retained in their life, and it is also retained in our lives. In general, the church has never questioned the certainty of Jesus' coming the second time. The first plan of salvation has been successfully accomplished. The New Testament never separates the hope of the second coming from that one of the Old Testament. The cross provides certainty to our hope, the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Christ's death on the cross and his coming in glory are within salvation history, and they are inseparable. The work of salvation performed on the cross will reach its consummation soon, and the liberation of the planet from the forces of evil will be final. Preparation for this most glorious event consists of accepting Jesus Christ, to have a relationship, to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, to empty the heart of self and blessed with the abiding presence of Jesus Christ. Also, to fellowship with other Christians, when we are bound together in love to Jesus Christ, we are ready for heaven. The coming of Jesus is the glorious hope of all believers on the world. With his coming near, we need the constant presence of the Holy Spirit in our heart. We must be ready to see Jesus Christ. The end is near. Even at the door, it is time to lift our eyes for our redemption draweth nigh. We prepare for heaven by focusing our eyes on Christ and his homeland. Yes, the glorious day is coming. Its radiant light is nearing, far brighter than the sun. In yonder, the clouds of heaven, the Savior will appear, and every eye shall see him. Lift then the trumpet, and let loud it ring. Jesus is coming again, and he's coming not for anyone else, but for you and me. Will you be ready to meet Jesus Christ as he is coming? We are grateful for the time you've accorded us today. Let us meet right here at Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Don't forget to send us your views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mang. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed.
siku zote Hivi sasa ametunusuru mikononi mwa adui tumeibaje wimbo wa kushinda